Meteorologist Malcolm Byron. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Hi, greetings. Welcome in on a Monday morning. A new day, a new week, a new month. May 1st, 2023. And we started out at 40 degrees in the capital city. You got to tune to LNK today with Jack and Friends. I'm Jack Mitchell along with Caleb Henry, KLIN Studios. Mark Vale in the KLIN Newsroom. Chris Lofgren with Time Saver Traffic will be along shortly. And we've got a, uh, got a good, busy show for you today on this Monday morning. In addition to our normal Monday guests, Tim Hruza, Mike Schaefer, both will be joining us during the 8 o'clock hour. We all are also going to welcome in the newest member of the programming team here at KLIN, the new host of the afternoon show from 5 to 6. Starting today on KLIN, Dan Parsons is going to be joining us at 710 today. We're going to get a chance to uh, hear about Dan, who he is, what kind of show he will plan to do here on KLIN. And uh, we're excited to uh, excited to hear from him, hear what he's got planned for the show, and hear what we've got in store for you here over the course of the coming weeks and months on the afternoon show on KLIN. Look forward to talking to uh, talking to Dan. I think he's going to do a guys. I think he's going to do a really good job on this afternoon show uh, and and create a show that is going to get you um, informed about what's going on during the course of the day. A chance to hear from a whole variety of newsmakers who are out there, um, people who are who are kind of the movers and shakers on on what's going on in the middle of it. Dan's got a ton of relationships that is going to allow for that. Uh, I think he's also going to do a show that is going to be something that everybody in Lincoln is, uh, nobody's going to feel alienated by it or... Uh, uh, or, or hear something and say, and this just isn't for me. I think it's, I think it's going to be for huge chunks of the city. And so I really look forward to, uh, to having Dan on at 710 and, or excuse me, at 610, 710 for those of you in the East Coast, 710 Central. No, it is in goodness sakes. No, you were right. 710. I don't know what's wrong here. Uh, 710, but we will, uh, we'll talk to him and <laughs> just find out a little bit about what he's got planned for the whole thing. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, to, to just hear about all of those things that he's got in store for us. So that's coming up at 7.10 today. Uh, hope everybody survived the ridiculous wind this weekend. That was, ladies and gentlemen, that was stupid, okay? I think I, think I can say fairly non-controversially, and many of us will agree here, that that was absolutely ridiculous, in terms of the weather this weekend, could have been great. Could have been great with uh, well, at least Saturday and Sunday. Friday was kind of crummy, but could have been really nice. I tried to, uh, so I'm trying to make up for the blight I've put on my neighborhood with my grass not coming in in huge patches this year, and and trying to catch up with the rest of the neighbors. And so I did some overseeding on parts of my grass. And I'll tell you what, Mark, I put the sprinkler on yesterday. And a lot of good that day. Trying to figure out, it, it, you got to play the wind. It, yeah, it's like playing your. It's like if you've got a really bad slice in golf, which I do, and you decide to aim like on the hole to the left, thinking that it's going to curve around. That's essentially what I had to do with the sprinkler. Was aim at a completely different place that I actually wanted it to land. I ended up soaked and freezing. 
and hopefully most of that seed got watered yesterday, but that was uh, that was a losing battle for well, me. Well, the wind's going to be a little bit lighter, but the windy conditions continue right through tomorrow. My goodness. Okay. 30-mile-an-hour gusts yet today, 25 gusts tonight. All right, and then in in terms of uh, in terms of the actual temperature, it looks like down the road at least not so much today or tomorrow, but we're finally going to land in that sweet spot of some seventies starting on Wednesday and going on for several days. Hopefully, the next week and a half is what it looks like. I, I commented on that last week. It feels like we can we can either land on the fifties or the eighties, but we aren't. We just can't settle in there in the upper 60s, 70s, which is what I think most people think are the most comfortable possible temperatures. But yeah, get through Wednesday into the 70s, but it looks like we've got a chance of rain almost every day, Thursday through the middle of next week, which probably is good. I don't have to worry about getting those sprinklers out there quite as much. Ten years ago today, we had 1.13 inches of rain, and then a couple of days later, we had like a half inch of snow. (laughs) I remember that day in May that it's a... I have a picture of my kids running out in the yard in May and it wasn't like covering the covering the grass necessarily but like up against the fence line yeah. and stuff there was there was some snow and I I've got pictures of my kids trying to make snowballs out of it unsuccessfully uh a long time ago but I do very much remember that so yeah so we are now into the month of May we are a day away from election day in the capital city and for better or worse, that whole process will be over by the end of the day. Tomorrow, you're going to have to go back to just getting regular mail in your mailboxes, just getting back to bills and graduation announcements and those sorts of things. No more full-page color flyers for your mayoral candidates. We're going to have to get ready to do some additional radio uh, starting on Wednesday as well. Just that's going to be like an extra thirty minutes extra, every morning. Every, which is, I'm a little nervous about that. I kind of relied relied on these commercials to provide about a half hour of content every day. So you, you could take a little bit of time, back. use the facilities, right. refill the coffee, get my coffee refilled every break, <laughs> and go check out how the other morning shows are doing. Listen in a little bit. Was always able to do that, but. Mayoral race ends uh, here tomorrow, and yeah, we are into this month of May, which is that means by the time this month ends, school will be out as well. Whether you're a university student or a K through twelve student, I think most places now around here get out at Memorial Day weekend. We didn't get out till June when I went to school, but uh, Memorial Day weekend is when uh, most of it ends. I'm going to have a high school graduate by the time this uh, this month is over. And yes, we are we are going through all those graduation preps right now, getting all the graduation open house announcements out and those uh, those sorts of things. So, anyway, what uh, Mark? What do we have going on uh, in terms of news over the course of the weekend? Well, we had big news uh, announced on Grove Lincoln on Saturday. Yeah, uh, twenty three story high rise uh, planned for the South Golds. It's called the South Golds Tower, okay. where they're where they're tearing that portion of the Gold Building down. Um, looking at, uh, what could be, uh, one or two restaurants in the main floor, uh, maybe a retail national retailer or national restaurant, uh, some office space, uh, several hundred apartments, uh, luxury condos, a boutique hotel, rooftop, uh, bar and meeting area, uh, all planned for that area. Uh, um, 
Mike Works with Rev Development uh, was on the, the program. You can hear it at KLIN.com. goes into a lot of detail of what they have planned for that area. They want to try to make uh, that 11th Street corridor. They're going to kind of going along the line of the Golds District. Interesting. And and kind of bridge between the O Street area, you know, the bars and all that, and the Haymarket, and be kind of a bridge area. But kind of uh, they've, they're widening, the city's widening the sidewalks. It can be uh, a little, uh, all kinds of things out on the sidewalk. Then even in the original Golds building up on O Street, they announced um, a Hampton Inn. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I mean, thinking of that. That's sort of that that end street area. So um, obviously, just just a little bit south of of O Street. There, um, have you been down there lately? They uh, the, the building's gone. Uh, yeah, I drove by. I I I have to bring my daughter out to Kinetic and her friends out to Kinetic once a week on West O to uh, to go to volleyball practice. And uh, so yeah, I got to see every Thursday. I went through and saw a little bit more of the progress in the the demolition that was going on. I, d- I did notice one on there. one additional thing. If you're ever wondering, uh, they did say that all of uh, the demolition is being recycled. Oh really? Yeah. All right. Well, that'll add a little. You know the the, and I don't know how. I don't have a great gauge on. Would you say twenty? What stories? Twenty three. Twenty three stories. I don't. That'll be that'll uh, that'll be one of the taller buildings right around that in that immediate area. I would think. You, yeah. I mean, U.S. Bank just, Building's a little ways from there. Uh, and uh, a the couple blocks from there. Bold uh, project is. And then be yeah, it's going to make that skyline look a little. Yeah, I was just going to say between there. the the lead place. The bold project, and then another twenty-plus story building that's going in here. We, uh, yeah, the the Lincoln skyline will be significantly different in five years than it was a couple years ago before that lead place building went up. That's three three places that'll kind of stand out in it. Getting high in Lincoln. That's <laughs> not maybe not the. <laughs> okay, you got. It's maybe that not one. the downtown development <laughs> slogan. We'll probably put throw that one back on the uh, <laughs> back to the drawing board before we do that one. <laughs> there, I think. Uh, yeah. Oh, the everyone with the petition drives just went. Oh, that's good. Okay, getting hot. okay with the buildings. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll go downtown. Uh, yeah, that's it. And, and there are some other there are several some, initiative possibilities there. But that's kind of right. You, you, you know that that Golds District, uh, what they're calling it. That'll be interesting to see what sort of comes of that because it's largely. I mean, that's largely an area where a lot of these residential um residential places have, have right. popped up generally in that area some new some older if you kind of you, you you kind of think about think about that whole thing um well yeah and and the the way they talked about uh, expanding the sidewalk area i mean they're going to have like 7000 square feet of sidewalk area for outside outdoor dining uh, they were talking about having a little music venue place for you know somebody could set up and play guitar or a little music or something like that uh, yeah, uh, several of these locations in in that area. I mean, that's all kind of that that latitude building. That's student. Uh, that's housing. That live red building is kind of in that area yeah. as well. And, and of course, the renovated kind of, terminal building. You know, that's, uh, that's yeah, that's right. I I I saw that too. That'll be that'll be good to have all there kind as of well. that the, that bridge area. So mm-hmm. so anyway, uh, you know, I, I guess you call that big news. And, yeah, um, a lot of detail. Yeah, rev yeah. development. Uh, I'm I'm going to be interested in this boutique hotel. Uh, you know, it's going to be small, full service, 
rooftop bar type of thing. It just sounds interesting for that part of the city. Is that a rooftop bar? Do they mean outdoor rooftop bar? I, do you think? I didn't catch that. I don't right. imagine. Okay. I did. When you say roof, I mean, rooftop, I feel like that means you're outside. It Party on be. the rooftop. Could be. All right. So. so we got that going on. Uh, anything else from this weekend? Mark, Other, we um, here? Not over the weekend, but coming up starting uh, this uh, Friday, uh, airport getting back into their free movies. Nice. And uh, yesterday they started the Sunday Farmer's Market down at, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, the Union College yes, one, right? Yes. 10 to 2, and it'll go through October. I ha- I need to get out. I got to get out to the old Farmer's Market scene. It's a little, it's been a while since I've since i've been out there is the uh let's see and uh i believe the haymarket one i think i think starts next weekend i should check that for sure and get the right date there on there but that'll be coming up soon as well if it hasn't started already i just haven't had a chance to go down there yet but those are always that's always a good time to be out there as well so all right that's uh that's 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 kind of what in the news kind of quiet one on the yeah, that's good. Well, we'll take it, right? We'll take it. That's uh, that's that's fine by me. Here and and uh, I know you talked with Jeff Mall on Friday. We got some of the details. Uh, a lot of basketball coming into the city. Remember those tournaments? Yeah, like a hundred and what, hundred and sixty teams or yep, something like big, that. Big significant wow. tournaments here coming into town, and and uh, you know Lincoln's they've Lincoln's caught up when it comes to the infrastructure for basketball and volleyball to host. Yep. Those places, I referenced Kinetic earlier and uh, what used to be called Speedway out there as well. And those two facilities do, a, they're very, they're very busy every single weekend. As, as somebody who was there here this current weekend for a volleyball tournament. <laughs> but yeah, I can tell you a lot. There are a lot of people through those doors, a lot of people out of town. And so, uh, yeah, good to get those events and, and get those people in town. And it won't be long, a few years down the road, baseball and softball, hopefully can start to get those two with the with the new facility that they're going to have out there by and coming up uh, right right after seven o'clock news caleb i think you'll be talking with pastor tom barber they announced their day without shoes forty four thousand pairs this year Mm. all right there you go uh hay market uh farmer's market starts on this coming saturday so i've had that right sixth of uh sixth of may and of course friday is cinco de mayo Friday Cinco de Mayo. Yep, Cinco de Mayo. I don't know. Do we need a? Uh, we haven't. We haven't declared any request line Friday. To- do we have a? Do we do a Cinco de Mayo? Is there a topic that we genre we do? We broke a record last week with our requests. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know about we're Cinco, still recovering. I don't know about that. But I did you hear about the Spanish speaking uh, magician? Oh, man. Went on stage. Says oh, man. Uno dos. Poof! He was gone without a trace. <laughs> good that's good that's very good all right uh let's grab a break right now on on that note that's fine that's fine grab a break here caleb's got a full uh check of sports big weekends for nebraska baseball nebraska softball some more departures from that nebraska football team one of those hurt a little bit for me we'll see how you all feel about that 624 you're to lnk today with jack and friends 39 degrees in the capital city on klin when snow or ice impact our area, you can get the latest closings and cancellations at KLIN.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. I'm meteorologist Malcolm Byron. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln. And conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. You know, maybe I'm being a little hard on the wind uh, because after listening to Caleb Sports, it did remind me that the wind, in addition to, you know, blowing things in my eyes, make my sprinkler impossible to use, (laughs) make the dog walks not as fun. They were also blowing a lot of Husker hit baseballs out of Haymarket Park over the course of the weekend. Home run after home run after home run, and it was like, all right, uh, let's do that I saw you were at the game on Saturday. Yeah. Which so evidently you've got the opposite thing going that I do <laughs> with attending. Uh, I had with Nebraska basketball where I didn't ever see them yeah. win in person, and uh, apparently you've started I've the ne- opposite with baseball. I have never seen Nebraska baseball lose in person. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously? You've never seen not, them not lose? Si- not since I got here. You have You must not have gone to that many games then. Yeah, we, we pick and choose and yeah. kind of where we're at. But yeah, I've I've never seen Nebraska baseball lose in person. And they put up eighteen on Saturday. Well, they would. I kept. I kept. Uh, I was. We, at that... we got the little uh, the the hopper bobbleheads. Yeah, my daughter loved that. Yeah, it's broken already. Oh no! <laughs> she took the head off of it. No, no, no. The legs have smashed off of the oh, face. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> I hope it's not like a voodoo doll situation. Someone asked on Twitter, they said, was that a hit by pitch? It was a hit by toddler. (laughs) Yeah, what was that game like where it was just like a parade around the bases the entire time? It's just one after the other. What what did I see the attendance ended up at? Like 6,000 or something? Like there was a lot of people there. Other than the wind. Like it was phenomenal out at Haymarket Park. Was was it like seriously? I mean, could you tell that they were wind-aided home runs? A couple of them, yeah. but like there were some that, like especially off of Max Anderson's bat, you're just like, well, that's a no doubt. You can hear him. Yeah. Like as soon as he hits it, you're like, that's going. And then with a get a little bit of wind with it at all, and it's like, okay, there's they have no chance at it. So that's really the only. That, so I didn't. I was busy all day. I had the in laws in town. We were at the volleyball tournament on Saturday, and we were doing other stuff yesterday. So that was all the only. I didn't watch any of Saturday Sunday. I listened to it, uh-huh. you know, on and off. But Friday, I turned on when I turned on the game in about the sixth sixth inning, mm-hmm. and watched that thing. And that just as soon as I turned it on, it just went to pot immediately. Well, the, the thing was on Friday, Nebraska had to come back, and you're like, okay, they come back. Then they're up one going into yeah. the ninth. And you're like, okay, this isn't that. I bad. Think, actually, I turned it on about the eighth. Yeah, yeah, they they go up one to go into the ninth, and it's like, okay. There's a chance. Just don't completely blow things up. And then, oh, there's five was, runs in the top of the ninth. I, I was in a bad. I was in a. I was in a bad mood. And even that. with that, over. you got to the bottom of the ninth, scored a couple of runs, and you were down two, had two on, and had Bryce Matthews at the plate. Right. And it was yep. like, 
And he struck out looking. That's the exact. Oh. I mean, other than striking out looking, going into that at bat, that was one hundred, like a hundred times I out know. of a hundred. If you ask Coach you Bolt, is that the the situation you want? He would say yes. Yeah. Yep. So uh, they uh, they get going. They've got a Wednesday game this week. Yeah. Tuesday. It's Wednesday against South Dakota State. North Dakota State. This North week. Dakota State. I misread that. North Dakota State. South Dakota State was the one that beat them last week. Yep. So yep. Hopefully, go ahead and uh, beat North Dakota State. All right, let's jump into our sound off. This was interesting. You know, Supreme Court justices don't very often give interviews. It's pretty rare. Although I, when I was in law school, Sandra Day O'Connor came, didn't do an interview, but I think they do speaking engagements and they take questions and those sorts of things. So I got to hear Sandra Day O'Connor over at the University of Nebraska College of Law when I was in law school doing those presentations. But they don't normally sit down with media very often and do interviews. But Sam Alito did do that with uh, just over the course of the last couple of days. And he dropped a little bit of news on the leak of the Dobbs opinion. This was all happening like exactly a year ago, uh, by the way. Oh, yeah. When that, that the, the leak came out, essentially, and it didn't become final the final opinion until a little bit after that, but the draft opinion leak was was put out there, and there was the, all the discussion about who put it out, why somebody would put it out. They did an internal investigation. Nothing really came out of that. Meanwhile, you got Alito going out and doing interviews, and he's like, yeah, I know what happened with all that. Yeah, that's basically what he said. Despite the Supreme Court marshal's investigation into the source not yielding a name, Justice Alito told the Wall Street Journal in a rare interview, quote, I personally have a pretty good idea who is responsible, but that's different from the level of proof that is needed to name somebody. He added that the motivation, though, was clear, quote, it was part of an effort to prevent the Dobbs draft from becoming the decision of the court. And that's how it was used for those six weeks by people on the outside as part of the campaign to try to intimidate the court. The draft opinion on Dobbs v. Jackson's women's health did turn into a final ruling overturning Roe v. Wade, despite weeks of protests by abortion rights advocates. All right. So he says it was by somebody who was trying to put pressure on the court to change the whole thing. That, of course, didn't happen. Went forward with the ruling. And um, like the that chapter, just chapter, not the whole book, but at least as it pertains to Nebraska, that chapter that ended with the legislature uh, not having enough votes to advance the heartbeat bill, and uh, that's kind of where we are now. I still, I'm still just astonished. That's how. If you would have asked me a year ago or told me a year ago, that's how this whole thing would would end with no special session and with the legislature not actually passing any legislation on that. I wouldn't have ever believed you, mm-hmm. but that ended up being how how that whole thing went down. Uh, we've heard a lot about lawsuits against social media companies for a variety of reasons uh now a new one against specifically against snapchat which it feels like you don't hear as much about anymore snapchat's kind of let the others take a lot of it really has you know it's been it's been all about tiktok recently but like i kind of i just kind of forgot snapchat i i i I downloaded when they had all the the filters and you could do the the goofy things with your face that (laughs) that was kind of a novelty for a while and then I didn't use it anymore, and I'm like, I have no, re- I don't get communication mm-hmm. on. I'm an old man with this thing. Why would you just not text? Is usually what I say. Yeah, we we use it. Why? J- just as just a quick communication. It disappears. Why not text? We, I don't know. We'll just send pictures real quick that you don't necessarily need to keep. I ju- I just I will not. Ne- I I've never. I've had this conversation with with my son, and and then we have some other friends who use Snapchat instead of text. And I'm like, why don't you just text? I don't get it. 
and I still don't get it when you explained it. Yeah, just okay. is it about phone storage for your pictures? I mean, I'm not concerned about phone storage. I just it's much quicker rather than take a picture then then hit send and like have to go through it's just it's I more can't imagine that's a significant difference of time. Okay. You say that while talking about the time that you save talking into your phone to text. <laughs> that's which is not that a is significant. We <laughs> we we're, we're on the opposite ends of the way you're doing that. Text Caleb Henry, you suck. <laughs> Block Jack Mitchell. <laughs> yes. No, oh, and then you even have to say yes at the end of it. You can't just hit send yourself. I could. I don't want to push it. I don't like to use my fingers. They're very <laughs> delicate and dainty. Uh, anyway, wow, I didn't even play the clip here, did I? Well, anyway, no, you got no. a bunch of, you've, you've got some families now. An interesting reason, though, that they're specifically suing Snapchat. Families of more than 60 young people who have died of fentanyl overdoses are suing Snapchat. They say the social media platform connects drug dealers with kids and teens. The families accuse the company of becoming the, quote, go-to means to distribute drugs to children, teens, and young adults. They say Snapchat's key feature that automatically deletes messages between users helps criminals evade law enforcement. There you, well, there you, now there's a reason to use Snapchat and not text, mm-hmm. I suppose. Right. Uh, and that was... That was when it first was becoming big. That was the whole controversial part of it is that, you know, people could send something that they wouldn't want to be out there in the world and it would go away and what. But if you screenshot it, it notifies like, yeah, you could still screenshot it. And then, yeah, it it notifies the the other the person on the other end that you did screenshot it. Yeah, That sounds sounds bad. Sounds very bad. But nonetheless, uh, yeah. So uh, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what kind of case you make exactly there for that. You essentially say they've they've there's some level of negligence or something in in how they're doing it. I haven't seen the lawsuit itself, but mm-hmm. it sounds like a little bit of an uphill battle. But we will see on that. Uh, okay. So thinking about taking the trip this summer, right? And normally, if you uh, maybe you are uh, normally when you do that, you're just you're looking for the best deal, the best price essentially to go on a trip. I don't think most of us are fortunate enough to really go airline shopping and saying okay like i'm a i am a delta guy or gal unless you're really frequent traveler and you're you've got points or you've got Mm -hmm. something something like that but new survey is out though just in case you do get in that spot on the best airlines in 2023 travelers were asked to rate air carriers based on price safety if it's pet friendly the rate of delays and wallet hub says the best airline of 2023 is Delta. Travelers say it's the most reliable, but it's the second best that may come as a shock. It's Spirit Airlines. Spirit's got a terrible reputation online. However, (laughs) WalletHub says it got votes for being the most affordable airline, but it was also ranked as the least comfortable air carrier. The most comfortable airline? JetBlue with extra legroom, free snacks and drinks. The least liked airlines were Frontier and Southwest. Jill Nato, Fox News. All right. I've only flown Spirit once, and it was awful. <laughs> I've, I, like, it, it's it, been a long time since I've flown bad. anywhere. Yeah, uh, I, I just, again, I'm, I mean, the, the reason Spirit's good is probably the same reason. If I'm, if I'm taking a flight somewhere, I'm just looking for what, a, however bad the experience is over two, three, four hours, whatever. It's, right. it's saving me 150 bucks, 300 bucks, whatever. 
I'm usually willing to take that on. I remember flying Southwest a decent amount um, through college and then probably up five, six years ago. Like, I haven't been on a flight in several years. Um, but a big part of that was the uh, the free luggage that you got with it. And, then, and I know that's factored into the price. Like, I get that. Yeah. Um, but then being able to, once it was within 24 hours of your flight, go on and pick your seat. Yeah. That, I, I feel like I've been Southwest is 80% of the flights I've taken for yeah. that, re- just because it's always ends up cheaper. Yeah. But again, maybe that's going to change now that Lincoln's got the That'll uh, be nice. The options. We'll see. It'll, 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 we'll see. But 59 bucks each way or 79 depending on where you're going, 49 in some cases. My wife was well. already trying to convince me over the weekend that there's some Vampire Diaries convention in in atlanta and she was like hey what are, what are the places that that new flight goes to i was like well atlanta's one of them but like i don't really want to do that <laughs> wow man. huh okay yeah that's in case uh, you didn't know that was a thing yeah that's that, apparently apparently a thing. that is nina dobra will be there i've heard a lot about it hey if you uh if you happen to uh drop your iphone into uh into a pool into the lake something this summer don't despair. Don't give up because it oddly may not be destroyed as one person in Hawaii found out. 27-year-old Zach Sigelkow lost his iPhone 14 Pro Max while vacationing in Waikiki Beach, Hawaii in December. The Minnesota resident went kayaking and a huge wave flipped him over. Sigelkow was unable to retrieve his smartphone. He received an email several days later from a professor, Dr. Carl Brookins. He told him that he found his iPhone while scuba diving off the beach. And the iPhone started working after a week by adding some salt and rice while leaving it on a charger. Brookins was also able to unlock the phone and get Sigelkow's email address. The professor sent the iPhone back to Sigelkow for free. Laura Cantor, Fox News. Wait, how did he unlock it? The, wait, the professor unlocked it? That sounds pretty hackable. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's impressive that it survived, uh, whatever, a month underwater in Hawaii. But, Mike, how is uh, uh, we buried the lead there on that whole thing, I think. Wait, is, is that how you can you can start breaking into these? Is you just got to leave them under some salt water? I don't know. I don't know. That's impressive, though. I would have given up. Uh, I think I would have definitely given yeah. up on that whole thing working. Uh, this Ed Sheeran trial uh, that's going on, the Marvin Gaye's estate is is suing Ed Sheeran for essentially copying Let's Get It On. And there's been some just some funny. They had a problem. <laughs> they had a problem. The judge had to admonish the jury because they kept playing music in this yeah. trial and had to admonish the jury from like Were they singing along, dancing oh, along, no! da- dancing like every time they put on like like they're playing Let's Get It On in this courtroom. And uh, what's the what's that cheering song? I forgot. We found love right where we are, whatever, or whatever it is, yeah. whatever. Um, uh, and so they keep playing it, and the jury keeps dancing and like acting like they're. This a sounds like this should be on this, Comedy Central. Yeah, and now, now here's the uh, here's the latest one. Ed Sheeran got up. On the witness stand, he took his guitar with him. Ed Sheeran took to the stand with his guitar to prove that he didn't copy the sheet music of Let's Get It On. He played a portion of his song, Thinking Out Loud. Thinking out loud He's yeah. being accused by heirs of music writer Ed Townsend for stealing from that song. But Ed Sheeran's defense argues that the two songs sharing a chord sequence does not amount to copyright infringement. They played an Axis of Awesome video 
during the trial to show that, showing that a four basic chord progression is in many songs. This point that chord progressions are very common is something that forensic musicologists outside of the case agree with. Do you want to explain what I didn't get? Do you that. know what Axis of Awesome is? I have is? no idea. Is oh it a YouTube God. channel? Your mind is going to be blown. Okay. So, oh, I don't know. This is way over even a decade. This is back when, like, way pre TikTok, when you would just go and just watch YouTube videos. Uh-huh. And that's how people would, like, they'd blow up. They'd get famous on there. Axis of Awesome is this, I believe they're out of Australia. It's this, uh, this, this three guy group, and they, uh, <laughs> So this is like the Dude Perfect era of the internet, kind of. Pre-Dude Perfect Pre-Dude era. Perfect even. Pre-Dude Okay, that's, perfect. all right. Oh, my God. This is this is back when uh, you would get uh, a bunch of the SNL guys that that would go on and like just make YouTube videos. Yeah. Oh, um, the digital shorts. Yeah. Those, yeah, yeah, so <laughs> Axis of Awesome, all they did was they, they made, it was four chord song is what it's called. Okay. And it's several minutes long, but they went through and just did a bunch of songs that are all just the same basic four chords. Oh. But I'm laughing because that would be like someone going on and be like, hey, I know we're in this really serious court case, but anyway, Charlie the Unicorn. (laughs) It's Candy Mountain, Charlie. Like Like that just hit so far back in the memory banks. But Axis of Awesome four chord song, it's hilarious to watch. They they do it the the YouTube video that's up for it that most people have watched. Um, they did a music video for it, and it's like eh because it's it's all studio. But when it's live and you have people's reactions as they go through the different songs, we're gonna have to watch so, parts of that during. I'm gonna break have today. to look at it, but yes, it's so phenomenal. on this thing they've got the jurors dancing, being admonished for the judge for dancing. You got Ed Sheeran. Bringing his guitar up to the witness stand, playing YouTube videos from over a decade ago. It sounds like a fun trial to be the jury in, to be honest. Yeah, think about it. You go to that as a jury, you're like, oh, I got jury duty. Then you get there, you're like, Ed Sheeran's doing kind of like this this little private acoustic concert? It's not so bad, right? He's, uh, yeah. I think he's going to win that one. I do. Uh, all right, we'll finish with the uh, weekend box office is it still all mario all the time at the movie theaters let's find out the animated hit earned another 40 million dollars domestically to reach 490 million dollars in box office receipts bowser is coming i'm not afraid i'll do anything for my brother we're going to save him but more importantly crossing the billion dollar mark worldwide the 10th animated movie ever to do so and the first since 2019 wow it was a bit of nostalgia this week too no I am the father. Disney re-released Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, on less than 500 screens in celebration of the film's 40th anniversary. And the movie finished fifth at the box office, earning $4.7 million. Kevin Uretsky, Fox News. Yeah, Mario is threatening to really get in rarefied air all time for animated movies in this era of, like, uh, straight to streaming, too. Uh, Now... It's got if it's gonna be at the top, it's gotta beat out the Frozen franchise. Yeah, that's gonna which be- is gonna be tough. But it just passed The Lion King and Zootopia, to give you an idea. Up next on the list, Finding Dory, Despicable Me, Toy Story four and three, Minions and Incredibles two. Before you get to the Frozen's, okay. But it doesn't have far to go. It's probably gonna get. It could pass Frozen one. And get number two of all time. I'm wondering if it gets a bump as kids get out of school. Yeah, that's a good point, too. That's a good point, too. 
All right, we'll uh, take a break. That is it for your morning drive. That's not the morning drive. That's the sound off at 656. Psych. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Urologist Malcolm Byron. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. 40 degrees in the capital city. All right, Caleb's showing me that YouTube video. I'm going to watch the rest of it. Pull that up. 13 years ago. It's really good. It is uh, really good. (laughs) And it really makes me think Ed Sheeran is going to win that case. Uh, Coming up in 10 minutes. Yeah, we got a new afternoon show. Very excited about it. Dan Parsons' show will start this afternoon at 5 o'clock. But we are going to have him in today on the morning show. Talk a little bit about who he is. For those of you who don't know what he's been doing pre-radio, and what he plans to do during his radio show. What kind of show you can expect here on KLIN from 5 to 6 every weekday. So be listening for that about 10 minutes from right now. I'll also have your morning drive. We'll count down the five things you're talking about today a little bit later in the show. Tim Ruza, Mike Schaefer. So we are packed for a Monday morning. 40 degrees in the capital city. It is 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back on a Monday morning, first day of May 2023. Glad to have you with us. 40 degrees in the capital city on our way to a high of 62 and windier than crap once again. At some point, that's going to stop, but not today. Uh, but something's going to start today, too. Something we're very excited about here on KLIN. Our new afternoon show begins with a man who's in studio with me right now, the Dan Parsons Show. And <laughs> Dan is here in, in studio with me. First of all, Dan, welcome to the studio. Make yourself comfortable. Uh, thank you, thank I'll try you, and pick up the trash after I leave, <laughs> not leave any candy wrappers or anything around here for you in the afternoon. It's pretty tidy. Yeah, yeah, for now. It's pretty tight. No, thanks, Jack. Thanks for the invitation, I, and thanks for the encouragement. Yeah, well, I, I once I, I found out there was uh, there was going to be a vacancy, and, and you know how, how that happens. You start having conversations and reaching out and finding things, and uh, Dan was uh, someone that, that I had suggested I thought very highly of, and I thought he could do a great job for this city, for this station. I know he's been involved in podcasting. He's been involved in, in politics and PR and has just had a, has a lot of, and, and, and I'll let him explain it better than I can, but just a lot of, 
you know, just a lot of background that I think is conducive to, to doing a really good radio show. Just for people who don't know you, Dan, yeah. I guess just g- give us a little short Cliff Snow's bio of yourself. Yeah, well, thanks, Jack. And and yeah, we do have a podcast history together. You were on uh, one of my first guests on Pines and Politics years back. Yeah, so yeah. Only seems fitting. Well, so yeah, my background, I've spent uh, about three decades actually now in this state uh, in talking and in, in helping promote either politicians, ideas, business leaders, thought leaders. I mean, that's what I've done. But it's been behind the scenes until just recently with my podcast. Yeah, I teased out when and when we were putting this all together that, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, introducing my third podcast. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, but no, I... Uh, the biggest of all of them. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, a little bit better reach maybe than uh, some of the current ones. But no, uh, my background, uh, I, I, I've worked for... Uh, uh, several politicians uh, early start with uh, worked for uh, U.S. Senator Dave Carnes back in the day. Wow, Dave. Uh, Dave took uh, Ed Zerinsky's seat when Dave, when Ed Zerinsky passed away back in the late nineties, uh, early nineties. Mm-hmm. Beg your pardon. And so worked in the United States Senate for a few years, and then went over to uh, the Nebraska Chamber of Commerce. Uh, did communications and a little lobbying for the state chamber, and then. Uh, we we had a connection. I I worked in the attorney general's office for yeah. about six years, and uh, and again uh, doing the same thing that I still do today, Jack, and that is helping people get noticed, help ideas get noticed, and promote uh, ideas and people. And uh, and so now the the past twenty years, this is the twentieth anniversary of my business, and so uh, stumbled across something that I uh, enjoy, and and same thing helping. Uh, thought leaders and newsmakers uh, get noticed. Yeah, well, tell tell us what people should expect. I know it's a, a short thing, but as you're thinking about your show, as you, as you've done sort of the planning and and the v- visioning for it, what should people expect from five to six every day? Yeah, exactly. Well, again, we're going to talk with the newsmakers. We're going to talk with the thought leaders. I'm really excited about every Monday, and we'll do this a little bit today, uh, calling it Hot News with Flatwater Free Press. As you know, Flatwater Free Press, uh, Nebraska's first uh, nonprofit news organization. And so Matt Wynn and Matthew Hansen and, and all of their reporters, are, they're going to check in with us each week on Mondays and what stories they're working on. Uh, they just hired a new reporter exclusively uh, for here in Lincoln. So that'll be exciting. And and the great thing about Flatwater is they do. They give their news away to any news outlet that, that wants it. And so we're going to do that on Mondays. Tuesdays, we're going to do elected officials. Uh, you know, we'll rotate through each week, the mayor, the city council, the county board, uh, maybe NRD, uh, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, Congressman Flood has been kind enough to, to agree to come on from time to time. Cool. And then on Thursdays, uh, again, I'm really excited to highlight what's going on in the business community here in Lincoln. And so every Thursday, uh, we're going to do uh, the Lincoln Business Roundtable and the folks from the chamber and downtown Lincoln Association and highlight... You know, businesses in Lincoln, uh, what's going on? What are the policy issues that we're concerned with? Uh, and, and hopefully, again, uplift and highlight uh, what's going on in Lincoln. Very cool. Very cool. So some regular segments planned already, yeah. and then mix and match, I guess, I guess beyond that too, right? Exactly. Yeah. And what's going on? You know, mm-hmm. if there's breaking news, we'll, you know, we'll track down those newsmakers and, and ask them to come on. Here's what I'm really excited about fr- uh, on, on, on Fridays, yeah. Jack. Uh, we're all going to have some fun too. Yeah. So on Fridays, uh, 
uh, Friday Afternoon Club with Chef Kevin Shin. And Kevin and I are going to sit down, talk about food, talk about drink, uh, maybe nice. some music. Um, and I know you know uh, Chef Kevin. Yeah, that'll be great. So a great, a great variety. That sounds, it sounds fantastic. I think, I think the question that will will come up, and I'll put it to you here, just because I think it's the first reaction that a lot of people have when their radio station is bringing someone new on is that what is this going to mean? Am I going to hear stuff that makes me mad? Am I going to disagree <laughs> with stuff? And that comes up from time to time. But how are you responding to that? Because I'm sure you've you've sort of had people already uh, say those things and ask those questions of you. Well, it, it yes. First of all, I expect uh, I, I expect people to hold me accountable. I mean, if we're not doing what I'm advertising that we're going to do and highlight the newsmakers and talk about the tough issues of this day, I hope people will step up and say, wait a minute, what about this issue? What about that issue? But I think, Jack, the goal is to do it in a way that really that I've done my whole political career, and that is, how can we have those conversations in a civil way? Uh, Mm -hmm. How can we, uh, we don't have to agree on everything, we're not going to agree on everything, but how can we have these conversations in the city of Lincoln uh, that hopefully brings people together but at the very least gives people a chance to have those conversations in a civil tone yeah well your and your experience in in especially in working in in politics is has been i don't know if it's fair well you should tell me i mean i don't know if it's all over the board politically i don't know if it's more on one side or the other how would you describe it and how you've you know, kind of how that work has impacted you, I guess, personally. Yeah, well, uh, we are a red state, and so, of course, uh, early in my political career, I, I worked for Republicans. Uh, uh, but I've also worked for Democrats. I've worked for independents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not a mercenary. You know, I don't just get whoever pays me the most money uh, gets my services. That's not the case. Um, so, again, I think I'm a balanced person. I think I'm a lot like most people, Jack, is every day when we wake up and put on our socks uh, – uh, we don't think I'm going to put on a red sock uh, because mm-hmm. I'm on the red team or I'm going to put on the blue socks because I'm on the blue team. You know, let's have uh, conversations about bringing those teams together and, and coming up with policy and, and issues that we can agree on. Right. But I don't think you're going to be also be scared of the potential yes. of conflict, disagreement, debate, those but, sorts of things either. That's that's not new or something that you shy away from, I don't think, either, correct? No, that's exactly right, Jack. I've spent my whole career uh, navigating those waters. And, and, and yes, uh, there's times when uh, when we may not agree. But yes, we will take on the issues of the day. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. So what was your response when you got the first call or email or whatever <laughs> it was when they said, hey, would you be interested in, in uh, doing an hour radio show every weekday? Well, well, my first thought was, who the hell's this? <laughs> Do you have the wrong number? That, that's most people's response when I send them a message. Yeah, exactly. No, Caleb, thank, I want to thank you and the, and the management team for walking me through this process. Because, yeah, absolutely. I think my response when Caleb uh, reached out to me originally was, well, yeah. I'll have that conversation. What the heck, you know? Mm-hmm. And a lot of it had to do with scheduling. You know, all three of my kids live in Texas. You know, I I, I do uh, some travel uh, here and sure. there at a point in my business that I can do that. But again, you guys assured me that uh, that Jack will fill in for me anytime I want. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, uh, and, and and just uh, when it, after it was announced, uh, when you guys uh, lit the torch uh, Friday afternoon, again I I was heading out of town for the weekend or at least for Saturday, and uh, didn't know what to expect. But yeah, uh, socials blew up, uh, my phone blew up, and uh, I, I didn't take one uh, shot 
uh, in a negative vein. At least good. not yet. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I mean, it'll come, but <laughs> it'll come. It'll come eventually. Uh, I, I'm curious, just kind of too, with your own background, your own expertise in your in your kind of your industry and in the PR industries. That's not the way you describe, it, but that's really yeah. you know what it is. Your you know just your experience, especially in in politics, but also just with sort of that. Th- there's kind of a every every news story has or or close to has some relation to what you do for a living as well how will you kind of weave that in through your show well that's a good question uh i don't represent uh political candidates hardly at all anymore so i think that'll be an advantage that i can uh, from a from a uh, non uh, connected uh, way talk to whoever and and uh, but what one of the things that i really am looking forward to in addition to the politics and what's going on every day in the headlines uh, we're, we are we're going to have fun you know uh, and again that's been kind of my mo with uh, with my with my day job we uh, you may recall it's been 10 years ago now we started lincoln secret supper and mm-hmm. we did the very first food event at uh, pinnacle bank arena that's right. uh, with andrew zimmern so you know my tastes uh for uh news uh i'm going to be a champion uh for the for local news, I'm a T-shirt here of mm-hmm. uh, preserve the First Amendment, uh, but we're also going to have fun. And uh, you know, you can people that know me, you can find me down at the Zoo Bar on on a Friday FAC, and uh, you know, Pints and Politics, one of my podcasts. Uh, you know, we've championed Nebraska craft beer, and yeah. so you know, it's not all going to be uh, headlines and uh, rough and tumble politics. We're going to have some fun, but we're not going to shy away from the big issues. Very good. Uh, so starting starting today, what are we? So you're going to be on today from what are we doing on day one here? Well, that's it, always an interesting question. Exactly. I'm sure you've been probably giving it a lot of thought here. I, I have, and uh, I think everything's pretty much uh, set. Maybe a couple uh, things to put in play yet, but no. I'm going to talk a little bit more in depth about my background and what this show is going to be about, and I'm really looking forward to. We've had I've had several people, like I said, over the weekend volunteer to. Uh, how can we help? How could we uh, be of assistance? And I said, well, call in and, and say hi. So we're going to introduce a lot of the segments. I know Matthew Hansen's going to call in. Um, I think um, uh, Jason Ball from the Chamber is going to call in. So just kind of introduce a, a lot of those segments. Kevin Shin is, is going to call in. Mm-hmm. And so we'll introduce uh, what the show is going to be about yeah. uh, today at 5 o'clock. And, and I'm going to guess you're going to have good uh, good access, I would think, with, just with your relationships. You, you talked about getting newsmakers on, getting elected officials on. Um, I, I assume you expect that you're going to be able to have pretty good access to a wide variety of, of the elected officials and the newsmakers in town, too. Yeah, my Rolodex is uh, is pretty hot. I bet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Well, it, it, this it, here's what's going to be different, Jack, is, uh, you know, I, I, I've spent the last uh, 30 years of my career pitching you guys stories. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and I tell you what, all the times I said no, by I was the way, say, Jack, that didn't come back to bite us. <laughs> Jack Mitchell's not an easy pitch, let me tell you that. Um, <laughs> so no, it'll be a, a little a reversal, but again, I think uh, my experience and those relationships that I've built over these many years here in Nebraska and, and certainly here in Lincoln, uh, I think will be an advantage. And because I want to expand this audience, I want to be able to for, for Lincolnites to have a place uh, that they can call home at five o'clock every uh, every weekday and you know not only uh, find out what's going on in the city uh, but maybe do it in a way that's entertaining now one of the one of the things you'll find that is different than podcasting is with our phone <laughs> line and now especially our text line especially 
you'll be able to get immediate feedback, immediate response. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's really cool. Bottom line is, it's it's really cool. Is that there's an ongoing, especially with the text line, there's kind of an ongoing conversation that happens. How do you how, how do you plan to sort of integrate that part of it, which will be a little bit new to you for this whole thing? That will be new, um, and I can't do retakes either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and apparently, I have to watch my language. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I I really uh, I really want that interaction. I want that interaction with the audience, and uh, so yeah, texting will be a great way to do that. Phone calls. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to those conversations. Very cool. Well, we are. Uh, I'm excited about it, and I think the, the whole station is as well. There's, you know, frankly, uh, there, there's a lot of stations that in this day and age of radio that are having a hard time finding local programming and quality local programming, and we think we've done that here at KLIN with the Dan Parsons Show. And, um, Dan, welcome to the team. Glad Jack, to have you here. Jack, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be uh, listening. I think I might stop by this afternoon, too. So Please do. We'll have a, uh, have a good time with that. All right, Dan, we'll hear, we'll hear you tonight at 5, all right? Thanks, Jack. There Thanks, Caleb. All right, 724, we'll take a break. Caleb's got sports next. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLI. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. All right, let's get things started with... Number five. The announcement was made Saturday on the Girl Lincoln show of a 23-story high-rise planned for the area of what has been demolished now. It's the South Golds Building, if you will. Uh, the announcement from Rev Development uh, on the program, uh, retail, office space, um, apartments, boutique hotel, um, all kinds of good stuff. Luxury condos in that area, and then also uh, the addition of a Hampton Inn in the original Golds Building up on O Street. So all of those details um, at KLIN.com in the Girl Lincoln podcast. All right. So, um, yeah, the... the couple of things here uh the the continual addition of residential space in in the downtown area uh, it, it it continues to grow and then with another building this size if this goes forward in 10 years the lincoln skyline is really going to have some and more like five years actually lincoln skyline is going to have some real significant changes uh, lead place went up, of course, across from the lead center, and that's very tall building. Uh, you're going to have the new project down there in the Haymarket where Melicars was. The bold project. The bold project. And now this one, 20 plus stories as well. These, the, 
the all of the old graphics of the link. And I never think cities that don't have much for a skyline should really be marketing with their skyline when it because yeah. it kind of sucks. But it, it's not particularly good. But but with the capital in the background, with the cap, you got the capital in the background, and then you've always got that weird that weird tower with the greenish panels on it you know what i'm talking about nobody knows what that thing is exactly every time you see the lincoln skyline you always see that thing i have no idea what it is exactly but i've seen it a million times as well but that'll that'll significantly change that and then especially kind of on on this end of of town as well not to, not particularly far from like the u.s bank building that's up there um but this is just this more residential that would be uh right just a little bit south of oak on this, because we're talking about like nth, eleventh and nth, tenth and n, that right. that area roughly. They're looking at making the the eleventh street corridor. They're they go into quite a bit of detail of making that the the Golds District is kind of what you know a little bit like the Haymarket District, the Telegraph District, kind of a, a bridge district in there uh, along Eleventh Street and and to the south there. And by the way, as you may recall, uh, that corner of what is it, Eleventh and n that has been uh, the primary bus uh right that is you know we've got the new bus terminal that'll be going over uh, a little what a block or so to the southwest of that here in another couple of years so that those you know a lot of shifting going on in that area and a lot of residential yeah i mean you get past o street you've got the skywalk that you go under and then you've got that old bus terminal that's been there for a long time that's um you know that's got its share of criticism that goes along with that you continue to go south there and you've got new new student residential housing there on one side of it you've got uh like the back of uh you're getting close to like st paul's there as well uh or going by the side of of st paul's as well it'll be interesting how they to see how they exactly there's just not there's a big parking garage there as well like it'll be interesting to see if they kind of envision this being a district. It's not a. It's a. It's a heavy residential, heavy parking um, area right now. Right. Right. It's not. It's not lined with restaurants and bars and those sorts of things. They do have do have plans. Uh, uh, sidewalks are going to be widened so there can be uh, you know outdoor seating for for restaurants. And I, I listened to, back to part of it again and. I, I have a hunts are going to be naming at some point or hope to name a um, special restaurant. And they were talking about a, a restaurant in the, uh, in the main floor or the main level. And you just wonder if one of these bigger name national chain restaurants might be coming into that area. Interesting. All right. We will keep an eye on that. So uh, news broken this weekend by Grow Lincoln. Number four. Deadline negotiations this week. Dueling plans to implement voter ID and decide whether the legislature votes on that this session. County election officials who carry out the plan asking lawmakers to keep things simple. It's uh, the details. Aaron Sandiford's got a big article in the Nebraska Examiner. So the battling um, the, the, the battling proposals, and I think this is like uh, Slama and Brewer are sort of the the heads of the competing sides of of what this would look like um discussions of what id people can use for voter identification how do the identifications of voters who use mail-in ballots how are those confirmed and then 
Should the bill include additional checks of voter citizenship just beyond those things? And you've got, I would say, it sounds like the Slama side of things is a little bit more uh, a little more strenuous on those things, and it's a little bit looser on the on the brewer side of things. But they're going through these um, these conversations, and so that's it, it, like: is there going to be another state issued photo ID besides a driver's license for people who don't have those as well? What what would that look like exactly? Do you have to go to a notary, or can you have a non-notary? Okay, your mail-in ballot. If there's a mail-in ballot, these are the kind of questions that we're talking about right. here with with this whole thing. And and then the other thing is you've got you've got the counties who are running these elections. Like they've got to be able whatever restrictions are put on them, uh, or restrictions or or new IDs or or any of these things. They've got to be able to actually practically achieve those as well. With with costs, with infrastructure, with all of those things, and so that's another factor that you you figure into this whole thing. So we will uh, we'll see. Uh, they're going to try and get something to bill drafters here this week, and yeah, they're, they're scheduled to meet today. The legislature does not meet today, but Slama Brewer, Speaker Arch, and somebody from the governor's office right. are scheduled to meet today. So maybe they can get it hammered out and presented. But like in ter- just in terms of the ID question, like it. it Obviously, driver's license. Obviously, state ID cards. Military state IDs would work. Brewer's version of it would have additional IDs. So, like, college or university, elder care facilities, expired IDs, those sorts of things. And so, that's the that's one example of the, the compromise. They're trying to figure out someplace in between those two, perhaps, to come to an agreement here. Number three. Speaking of voting, uh, we're on the eve of the general election day here in Lincoln. Uh, Forty, About 40 hours away from uh, hopefully having the outcome of the mayor's race, city council, school board, airport authority. Yeah. You know, so What a run it's been. Uh, what early, a journey. Early voting. Uh, you can do it right now at the election commissioner's office until 6. They've got extended hours. They opened at 7. Uh, there are no early voting tomorrow. If you want to vote tomorrow, you have to do it at the polling place. Because it literally wouldn't be early. Correct. It would just be voting. Which I'm going to wait to do because now they're giving stickers away again at my election place. So I want to make sure and get that. My election uh, location still doesn't have cookies. I've heard some of them have cookies. And Mine did have for I'm thinking about three moving. elections ago, but uh, they didn't have them this last time. Uh, here's, here's what I, I mean. I don't. I don't have a forecast on like the airport authority or anything like that. I wouldn't be surprised though, guys, if this mayor's race is whoo, burning the midnight oil a little bit on the vote counts. That would not surprise oh, yeah. me if this is really, really, really close. I don't think this is going to be one of those where we're like nine o'clock at night and we know the outcome of this thing. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be late into the evening when you feel comfortable enough saying, yeah, I've seen enough on this thing to know. And, and I don't know. I think you go either. I really do think you go either way here at this point. It's all it, going to depend on who gets people out who didn't vote in the primary. I think it's going to come down to the uh, votes that are counted on Wednesday or Friday. It could be, That could very well be. Now, that... Because that will happen, right, Mark? For yes. people who don't know, how does how does that generally work? Well, uh, the ballots, as I understand it, the ballots that are received by mail today 
will be counted on Wednesday, I believe, is what okay. uh, Commissioner Election Commission. But the first says. drop will be early voting, though. Early we, voting. We, the first numbers that we get right. will be early voting. That's the uh, mail-in ballots are received early. by Saturday and those voting early right. in person. Right. So you get the, that's some of them. The closer to the actual voting day, those will be later. That they're on, I believe that's on Wednesday. And then provisionals would be uh, counted on Friday. I don't know. It'll be... I, if, don't, I don't know. I don't think we'll know by 10 o'clock. I don't think we'll, don't, we'll be comfortable by 10 o'clock. If, but we'll see. I could be wrong. If I you're think. interested in, in a lot more detail on the process... Uh, Election Commissioner Todd Wilchin was our guest on Lincoln Business Beat podcast ah. last Friday, and he went into uh, a lot of detail that I was not even aware of, of what how they, they deal with all of these, the security. Um, there's always two people. He's still kind of new in the job, too. Nine weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thrown right but, into the biggest city election of, of all time. And, I mean, biggest in terms of money spent, but I would expect this is going to break turnout records, too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he, was, too. He, he projected 40%. And he did tell us that the county actually does have a consulting agreement with Dave Shively to get through this, and and, and he's helping a little bit. That's nice. Yes, of him. yeah, it makes you feel a little. Dave's better. had a lot of years of experience with this. All right, moving on. Number two, transfer portal now closed. Nebraska football took a few hits. Most recently, quarterback Casey Thompson, running back Jay Allen, entered. So what's the biggest loss? Oh, it's got to be Casey Thompson, right? Yeah. Like, I know there were a lot of people that were really high on on A.J. Allen, and then you wonder what you could get long-term out of guys like Logan Smothers and, and Richard Torres at the quarterback position just because they've got several years left between the two of them. Um, there were some other positions lost from on, on some guys. But it's got to be Casey Thompson because the, Nebraska has not had a quarterback start an entire season uh, it's been five consecutive years yeah um that nebraska has not had a quarterback go the distance so you knew even if jeff sims won the position going into the fall casey thompson was most likely going to start a couple of games and play in at yeah. least four or five if but, that were to be the case yeah but after you know after last year he didn't He's not here to spend his last year playing college football at age 25 or whatever it is as a backup. I think he wants to play. and So I can't blame him for it, but I had, for some reason I had in my mind that there was a shot that they could keep both of them. Yeah. I, I just it, Maybe it was a, a thought that uh, there was really just going to be a battle for the starting position that ran all the way up to the first game. Maybe it was, you know, Casey Casey I don't know what. I don't know what. I had I, I had I had sold to myself that that was possible, and because I had sold to myself that, thinking about exactly what you were talking about with the need, how many times in the last several years you need a second stringer, you need a third stringer, uh, especially one who's got some experience, that it made me really excited about that possibility, and I probably shouldn't have been, because all it did was compound the disappointment, and look, you know, losing Casey last... Casey had one year here and uh, didn't have totally gaudy numbers. But on the other hand, man, he was valuable to the team. And we saw how valuable he was when he went out yeah. with an injury. Uh, and every time you heard him, I, I I admired the way that he, you know, he was a he was a leader and the way that he talked about the game and the team and going through some difficult situations. And I liked him a lot. Yeah. And he had a sweet deep ball. 
<laughs> I mean, he had a yeah. yeah. Trey helped with that, but I think they helped each other a lot. Very much so. Those, those were two players that they they just it worked together for them. Um, and we'll always have Iowa. Now, yes. uh, at the running back position, A.J. Allen, that still hurts kind of long-term because he did have three years left um, yeah. to, to play. Maybe four. I can't remember if he was able to, to still redshirt because he didn't play in a whole bunch of games. You still have Gabe Irvin, Anthony Grant, Ramir Johnson. There are guys that yeah, the staff really like. It's nice that the staff even knows who Ramir Johnson is. Yeah. Like We cannot uh, say that enough. One other that maybe hurt uh, quite a bit, Stephon Wynn on the yeah. defensive line. Uh, that that's a place that you just didn't have a whole lot of depth to be able to replace guys like you do at the running back position. So now they're getting close to where they need to be in terms of scholarships, right? Yep, they're getting closer. Uh, you, you'll still possibly see some guys that are no longer with the team. They're taking what's considered a retirement package, right? Uh, where you're still on scholarship, you're just not part of the team, and that takes you away from being counted towards that 85 total. All right, let's finish things up with number one. The internet, at least as we know it, uh, and uh, not uh, what's-his-name's version, uh, Al Gore. (laughs) (laughs) The internet turned 30 years old yesterday, April 30th, 1993. The World Wide Web was released to the public domain, allowed computers to connect in ways never possible before. Uh, That's when concepts like website, browser were born. And she could add pictures and sound to what was originally just text. Yeah. Uh, do you remember your first time using the internet, Mark? No. no. You don't? No. We got an America Online uh, disc. AOL. AOL. Yeah. And yet you didn't use a... There wasn't a... You didn't use a browser. No. Then you, they basically had these channels that you could go on that were not necessarily through the browser, but they had news, sports, all of these things. And then they had chat rooms as well, which was n- completely mind-blowing to me at the time that I was <laughs> live talking to someone else on the uh, on the chat room there. That was when I was in that was in high school. So yeah, the, it's it's funny. My entire I turned 16 that summer that the World Wide Web was released into the public domain. So my entire sort of childhood was without the internet, and then essentially by the time I got to college, five years after this, four years after this, it was pretty commonplace, and you had high-speed internet by that point, and so my entire adulthood high speed, was with the internet. High-speed relative well, to what it was. When I got, yeah, it was high-speed right. for that. Yes. Well, in college, we had, I mean, it, it was crazy, because we had local area networks then that we could Land you know, parties. You could plug, yeah, you could get in LAN, which it, instead of dial-up, which is what I had to use at home, so I got to college, and it was mind-blowing. Oh, I mean, I could download songs from Napster like that. It was pretty impressive. Land parties, but, never winter nights. Yeah. Nerd stuff, but yeah, that's that, that's the thing. I I'm in that that spot, and some of these X Y generational people on the line. Entire childhood without internet, entire adulthood with internet mm-hmm. is is kind of how it. Broke I down remember dial up at 150 baud when you got that, and when you got 300, you were really sailing. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about the old country, Grandpa. 7.55 on KLIN. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. I start walking your way, you start walking mine. We meet in the middle, meet that old Georgia pine. We gain a lot of ground, cause we Monday morning, Tim Herza. Now that I got finished singing the intro song, I'm ready to start the interview. Good morning, Tim. How are you doing today? Good morning, Jack. I'm well. How are uh, you? You good. know, it's coming up on like I think this is maybe six years since we started our summer run Isn't together. That when I we believe did that? it. I feel was like it was like 17. Feel like it was May of 2017. Yeah, I think that's right. Forgot about that, man. Time. Uh, Boy, and that was... Uh, sure flies when yeah. you're having fun, buddy. Sure flies when you're having fun. <laughs> uh, all right. Boy, there's a lot to talk about. I don't even know where to start, but I think probably the the, the biggest news, at least what I want to hear from you on, is what happened last week in the legislature on the issue of abortion. I, I was commenting on this earlier. We're like coming up to the one-year anniversary of when the Dobbs opinion leaked from the Supreme Court, which Alito, by the way, now says he, yeah. know, he knows exactly what happened with it. That was he know, May. He's, yeah, he was knows May. what happened with it. And when that happened, I was like, well... It's a, mat- it's a matter of time before Nebraska calls a special session and changes the changes the law. Special session didn't get called. Well, it's a matter of time before they get into the regular session and they pass a law on this. And now it looks like barring nobody seems to know for sure, but it sounds like barring something out of the ordinary. Uh, this thing is done for this session. At least I'm sure it's going to come up every session going forward. But g- g- t- what? How, like how surprising? was the outcome, and I know it kind of hinged on Senator Reapy and the talk about the amendment and not going forward with the amendment and him not voting basically to uh, to send it out of, send it to cloture, but uh, how surprising, I guess, was that to people who follow the legislature closely? Well, I, man, um, that's, a, that's a tough question to unravel quickly. Um, suffice it, to say, Jack, that I expected the bill to go to final, right? Okay. I expected it to get I standing standing around, kind of talking to senators over the day or two before um, the amendment was, you know, some interesting maneuvering to get it up, right? To get it get it to an actual in position where it could be adopted, um, and and it, it changed the bill. I mean, what it really focused on more than anything was going from six to twelve weeks. So the real question was: Is it six? Is it twelve? Where are we drawing the line if we're going to restrict it? Um, four hours of debate on select file. 
And I don't know, I don't know for sure kind of where the feeling was as you, as you talk to senators, as you talk to people in the building that were kind of working on the bill or talking about the legislation. There was kind of some, it was very clear that Senator Rippey was serious. What was really hard to know was would he, would he get his amendment on? Would he get a chance to get a vote for his amendment? And maybe two and a half hours into the debate, I can't remember how, how long it was. He made a move where he, you stand up and you, you, you call the question, right, to give yourself an opportunity to vote on your amendment. That motion was ruled out of order because enough debate had not occurred over the amendment kind of is the the, the way that you would describe why it was ruled out of order, or, order. There had not been enough time for the legislature to consider that amendment, right, before taking a vote. They ruled it out of order. What that ultimately meant was you're not going to get to his vote until the cloture vote has to come first. And I think it was at that point where folks were like, hey, does this mean he's going to vote no on cloture or will he give him the cloture vote, get a vote on his amendment, get a vote on the underlying bill if it's not adopted or if it is adopted, you know, mm-hmm. advance it to final reading. Either way, I think there's sort of a maybe an expectation or a thought, hey, he'll probably give it the cloture vote, give the opportunity to take a vote on the the amendment and then make a decision as to whether he still supports the bill on final. Right. Uh, right. When you get to that final reading stage where it's kind of your last hurrah right. and, and you still have the opportunity to stop the bill or advance the bill at that point, if you didn't get what you want, it's wanted. basically the same situation. The amendment would have been ruled voted on though. But by, by sticking to his guns and sort of like committing to, I'm not voting for cloture. It, it really made clear that he's drawn a line in the sand that he's not voting for anything less than 12 weeks. So yeah. if you want his vote, I don't know how you can go back to him. And I know there's been a push. I know the, the governor made a statement. I know there's been a lot of stuff from the party this weekend about censure governor and about, with him. about reconsideration of that vote and those sorts of things. But um, he kind of has drawn his line in the sand there with that vote that you're going to have to go to 12 if you want Senator Rippey's support. So then that, that brings you around full circle, Jack. And I think this is a tough one for those of you that are watching on TV and it really hasn't been Report in the news, but there was like a real deep breath moment when Senator Wayne had to cast his vote because they're you know they go in alphabetical order. Senator Rippy votes not voting, and there was like a cheer out in the rotunda from the you know right. one side. I mean, it was it was wild. Like they had half half folks were in green shirts, half folks were in red shirts, supporters, proponents, opponents, that sort of thing. There was like half a cheer for a moment, and then they go down the list a few more, and you get to Senator Wayne, and it was a it was a pause like. I'll bet it felt like 30 seconds, maybe a minute before Senator Wayne voted not voting as well. Um, and you got to wonder, too. I mean, everybody's kind of talked. Senator Wayne's never never taken a position on the bill. Last year, he was absent during the vote. Huh. He wasn't on the floor during um, the bill last year, the trigger bill. I didn't um, know he was. I didn't know he was a swing vote. I'm not really sure whether he is, but there's like always this question. People wonder, like, where you know, he never had, to, never really voted on the bill, never had to vote on the bill. So where would he be on the issue? Um, would he be? Would he be yes? Would he be no? Would he be PNV? Present not voting on that cloture motion, and he took. He took some time, and so I don't know what was going on there. If you, you know, maybe it's just for the drama of it. Maybe there, maybe he's having some thoughts. Maybe there's wow. um, considerations or something going on with him. So uh, for now, for now, I think Senator Rippey has pretty well drawn the line in the sand. If they if they need his vote to get to thirty three, right. I think you're gonna have. To and so, it. how does this even? Uh, uh, I mean, I guess even if you got up to the place where you're voting on again, these people are going to vote the same way. So, what is the possibility for, if there is any possibility for this to still come up in the short time they've got left in this session? 
there's a lot of possibility. I, I kind of joked on uh, Thursday afternoon. I this bill ain't done. I mean, sure, LB six twenty six is dead for the session. Uh, failure to invoke cloture results in an IPP. Um, the bill's gone. Uh, it's going away. We have had in recent history, Jack. You may remember a couple of years ago the fir- the last version of tax cuts that came through when it was like you know b- we were kind of holding hostage the tax cuts for the property tax and this vice versa. I mean that bill lost cloture maybe twice, <laughs> right? I think I think they voted on it. It failed cloture. The next morning they woke up and filed an amendment on another yeah. bill that was on the floor, and then that lost cloture. Um, then they kind of went back into the committee and gutted a bill that was a like a placeholder and actually the. <laughs> just kind of joking with some people, but it ultimately it went through like three sponsors that were going to pass that large tax cuts package. Like Senator Brett Lindstrom had the first bill and it died, and I, I remember if it was a breezy bill or something like that. The second time, I think Kurt Friesen ended up with as the sponsor of the bill that passed. But I mean, don't be surprised. There are some bills hanging out there that come from the HHS committee, right? Same jurisdiction of where this bill was referred um, that aren't necessarily out of bounds in terms of their subject matter. You could have a rehearing on a bill where you could gut it, file an amendment, have a public hearing, bring it back so to the basically floor. The whole a- problem with any of those maneuvers, Jack, is it's 14 more hours of floor time. So you've got to restart the general file debate. Um, you got eight hours on that again. Like it's it's fourteen. And why hours do it if bef- the votes aren't changing? Before the end of the month. The other question is why do it if the votes aren't changing? Well, that's where I, if they're going to do that, you don't do it with the the you, proposed right. six week ban. It's got to it's got to come you back. Use to you use Reapy's amendment. Basically. You don't you don't call that play unless you guarantee that you have thirty three votes. And in, I think it's very clear, <laughs> Senator Rippey's decision. If unless the public pressure makes a difference over the last four days, right? Uh, moving into it this doesn't week. sound like it has. But I I you know he's. He's been around the block. He's done this before. He doesn't cast that vote unless he's serious. Yeah. He knows what's... He, well, I mean, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, I mean, the governor himself asked him to do it, and he said, I mean, to, to make a change, and he said no. So I'm not sure what additional pressure would come to bear to change his mind here at this point. So I, what do you think this means? I mean, are there... Do you think there's potential ballot initiatives in play for this thing? To put it on, I don't think. I mean, I don't think you go to the ballot. I think I think we're talking special session. <laughs> like, I mean, that yeah. was sort of the the talk among lobbyists this last the end of the week. As soon as that vote kind of went down, I was man, I guess there goes my June or July, right? <laughs> whenever yeah. whenever we decide to do it, and but even to do that, Jack, I think you have to come back to the table as a special session to pass the twelve. They couldn't weeks, do it right? last fall, though, right? Um, but that was a different that legislature. Was, that but. was a different legislature. And I, I still don't know where that number landed, right? This is the same sort of tug of war that was going on behind the scenes last fall when you were trying to decide, which is, do we have 33 votes for six weeks? Do we have 33 votes for 12 weeks? Do we have 33 votes for a full ban? Where are the, where's that number? And last, last, last fall, they apparently could not come to a consensus on 33 votes for one type, um, or for one number of weeks. That seems to be what's happened here, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> at least without Senator Rippy, you have to figure out a way to 33. And I don't, is Justin Wayne, I mean, like I said, that pause was, that's positive. It seemed like forever. Um, there's also some, you know, drama in the lead up to that yeah. uh, as people we were waiting for people to get to the floor. So I want to shift real quick to the election tomorrow and, and, and the mayor's race, which has kind of been front and center of this whole thing. How much impact do you think this, the outcome, obviously, the outcome of this mayor's race? determines who's mayor for the coming years but how much does this impact elections going forward how much you know if Suzanne Geist would win how much does it say to the Republicans okay if we get serious about things in this city with money and with quality candidates we've got a shot more often than we've had in the past or if the Leary and Gaylor Baird wins 
how much is that going to be just disheartening given all the effort and money and work and retiring, you know, resigning from a unicamp seat that went into this? Uh, I mean, we've talked about it before, Jack. I do think there's a little bit on the line in terms of Republican politics in the city of Lincoln, right? Uh, you have you have two qualified candidates just hammering away. You got plenty of money being spent. I don't. <laughs> there's not there's not a lack of cash going into this race. It won't oh be for gosh. lack of resources. Yeah. Um, that one side wins or loses. Um, I, what I that's a good point. What ultimately comes down to, I think, is kind of the the turnout numbers, what those look like, and and how you know what the ultimate margin is, right? So if it if it if you sit down and you look at the numbers ultimately, um, and the Republicans win, or the or, you know Senator Geist wins or loses, or Mayor Gaylor Baird wins or loses, and your turnout is this or that, I think there's going to be a lot of questions about how you manage one a message, but also getting people to the polls. I I hate to just like hammer that talking point over and over again when we chat about this race, but oh, we, it's a weird election, right? A ballot with three things on it like i said if you you got to be hiding under a rock in this town not to know it's happening yeah. and so the the question will ultimately be how do you get people to actually cast a ballot on on one side or the other and that's not always been the case there have been mayor's races where you, you may have missed it oh yeah. you didn't know oh. what was happening <laughs> oh, absolutely <laughs> this is this is definitely, definitely i mean go back go time. back two cycles ago to the last time byler was on the ballot and i have to imagine that he was like what six figures maybe like maybe a hundred grand on yeah. that race like when you're running for the mayor's office it's a it's a different world <laughs> we now. got both candidates well pushing one or two million bucks plus outside spending. i have had i've had the trifecta multiple times where our monitor had a mayor's race on our uh break that i was listening to had a mayor's race on and the article i was reading had a mayor's race commercial on all of them it is all three of them it is definitely you know uh, all in, everything on the table. You know, not, to, not to steal Senator Geist's uh, campaign mantra here, but like it's it's a poker game, right? Everything, all the chips are in the middle of the table, and you're either going to win or lose. And you know, we've talked about it. Like maybe it's overly dramatic, but it do, it sets a tone for what things look like for the next four years 100%. for Republicans in this city. Yeah. So, hundred percent. Um, you re- you rewinded that last Beitler situation, and I mean, the city council had a majority of Republicans. That there's one Republican in the city council now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. It is not a Republican city in terms of governance. Same thing, county board. I, it has maybe one Republican. Man. So, yeah. Um, that's just kind of the way that the demographics have We gotta go, there. but here's an interesting alternative universe. They don't ever pass term limits for mayor. Chris Beitler is retiring after this year, and you have two new non-incumbents racing for this spot. That'd be interesting. Oh boy. That might change things a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. Alright, hey, uh, great insight, Tim. Appreciate it. We will talk to you again next week, and we'll know the answer to a lot of these questions. It's 825. Caleb's got sports next on KLIN. Is your business or organization impacted by the latest severe weather? Let Lincoln know by signing up under the Closings tab at KLIN.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
and all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 43 degrees in the capital city. Glad to have you back with us on this 1st of May, 2023. And uh, Husker 24-7, Mike Schaefer joining us right now on the Time Recognition Hotline. Good morning, Mike. How is the battle against the Robins going? Uh, not, not as bad as it was last week. It turns out the only thing that's relatively worked is the tape stuff. The reflective tape, it's uh-huh. not really tape. It's more like a ribbon, but you pay for it like it's tape, and then you have to find your own tape to then tape it up, which sort of defeats the purpose of calling it tape. But, you know, I'm past that. So it's, it's doing the job a little bit. But the Robins, have, they've won. I mean, it's it's just uh, I'm just trying to save face over here. Well, I point. just I thought maybe just the wind and the jet stream that was going through the city for the last three days just made any they, you know you just couldn't land anywhere. They're probably designed to handle that wind, though. Um, yeah, you know they're aerodynamic, I suppose. Yeah. But that wind, how much fun is that? You know, uh, oh, day, good stuff. Like, oh, you're like, hey, it's going to be okay, and then you realize that that little symbol on the weather thing <laughs> shows up, and you know then you're like, oh well, surely, surely Tuesday. Surely Tuesday will be the day without the wind. <laughs> that but then it turns out Tuesday is going to have the wind as well. <laughs> that wind symbol makes me so mad because the thing about it is it replaces the sun, uh, the sun symbol. And even if it is still sunny, the sun symbol makes me so happy. It it, it gives me the it releases the serotonin or whatever the good stuff is in your brain when you see that. And then they replace it with the squiggly lines for the wind. I hate that symbol. Makes the, me the problem. The problem now is that the wind symbol only pops up when we're getting like the thirty mile per hour days. Ah. And so then you you get like the you get the the cloudy or the sun symbol, and you're like, oh, it's going to be nice. But then you go out and it's still like twenty five mile per hour wind. Yeah, we need to. We really need to drill down on this. We need to have a standard a standard yeah. wind icon uh, sort of scale where where everybody <laughs> agrees to it. This needs to be the the draft index. Like we need to have this conversation if the draft is coming back. The we, we need to know what. I forgot about the draft. We need to know what exactly is the standard for the wind. Symbol. Let's call so that Rusty. That's a Rusty question. We'll get him. Yeah. On, we'll get him on the line. I haven't mentioned the dome for a while, so he'll probably take my calls. So that's probably good. Hey, that's uh, nice hey, Mike. I uh, I had this fantasy that I talked about with everyone, including Matt Rule himself. Uh, that somehow you, you get to the fall, you, possibility of getting to the fall with both Casey Thompson um, and Sims. And, for, and every time I talked to anybody, you included, it felt like anybody who was in the know at all, and I think kind of including Rule himself too, it sort of got downplayed. And so I probably should have read the tea leaves, but I always had this hope just because depth at the quarterback room has been so impactful over the last over really almost every season in the Big Ten um, but maybe I should have been listening to you was there was there any chance Casey was ever staying once they added Sims to the team it was pretty unlikely I mean the the only thing that really could have I think helped in that regard would have been if the injury was profound enough that like he wasn't going to be able you know there's questions as to how ready he would be at the beginning of a season 
um, because oh. then he's less enticing for for other teams. But the the thing of it is, I mean, if there's other Power Five programs that are basically still shopping for a quarterback at this point in time, it really wouldn't behoove him to just stay at Nebraska if he really wants an opportunity to be a starter somewhere. And I mean, he's already he's already transferred once to uh, Nebraska for a job, so I think. And he did it for a year. Like I, I think it sort of becomes an easier mindset for him if it, you know, becomes your second transfer versus if it's your first. So uh, I, I was really skeptical. I mean, I was mostly skeptical of the idea that there was ever going to be a competition. Uh, it always felt like it was going to be Jeff Sims to me, just based on what we know and the history of of uh, coaches coming in with their quarterbacks. But as far as you know both of those guys coexisting. I mean, it would have been a, would have been a great storyline, but I, I just, you know, was skeptical of that a little bit too. And here we are. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Casey Thompson's name pop up at a SEC school sometime in the next week. Yeah, I'm hearing that too. That's going to be tough for me. Uh, man, I don't know that I can, I can't do that very well. What do you think it was? I mean, we're going back in time. We probably had these conversations then, but why is, uh, I mean, Rule obviously picked Sims out, brought him, brought him here. Um, and, and you know, it sounds like kind of said, Hey, this is the guy for, for my system, for my going forward, where he probably could have had Casey do the same thing for him. What's your, what's your best guess at what is his sort of mindset? The decision making process was in, in selecting him. I'm guessing that uh, he sees a higher potential for Jeff Sims. Plus, you get a two-year window there versus one. Yeah, so that's big. If you, you know, like for all of the people that are that are upset today, I mean, if, if we can go back to to the wonderful year of 2018 and Nebraska passed on a transfer quarterback that had two years of eligibility, <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that Jeff Sims is going to go win the Heisman, but Joe Burrow had to have like a, a ground-laying season before he could go on to be really, really good. That's true. And so uh, that two years, I think, is a bigger deal than people kind of make it. And so if Jeff Sims can have a solid year and Nebraska can find its footing as a program, then I think really the way this team is built, you're looking at 2024 as kind of a potential to do more damage. You know, I don't know what the, the conference looks like at that point in terms of how you get to a conference championship game or anything like that. But if you're really trying to build, and if you take Matt Rule at his word that Nebraska is ahead of where some of his other programs have been, then maybe, you know, Nebraska's already in the year two point of Baylor, so you're trying to get to that six and six or seven and six season. And then that next year they were competing for a Big Twelve title. So I, I think what you want is to try to maximize that window. And if you think Jeff Sims can be that guy in that second year after a year of really learning and developing and the offense and the team grows around him then you're really trying to set that up. And that's that's the feeling that I kind of have on it. But, mm-hmm. again, that's also, to some level, it's wish-casting because you're taking right. what happened elsewhere in a totally different system and time in college football and hoping that nope. it's going to work at Nebraska. We've, we've been here before. You know, I right. don't want to go too far down that road. Right, but your, point, no, but your point about it being two years and that being significant is well taken, I think. And I think that's something that I forgot a lot when I was sort of thinking about this whole thing. Now, the A.J. Allen situation is, is a little bit different because you've got, I mean, it's all guys that have hung around from the last coaching staff, and they're all of the ones competing at that position. I mean, it seems like there was, I don't know if there was a scenario or not, where if if... You know, Matt Rule said, hey, I'm seeing A.J. Allen, this guy looks like the guy that he could have 
kept him, could have, could have been around. I'm not sure if that existed or not. I know Alan had that connection to Applewhite, and I think a lot of people thought he was going to be gone even before the spring, stuck around, uh, but did decide to transfer there. I don't know. You know, it, it's interesting, Mike, because you go back to before he got hurt last year, some of the, the people who know football would see him, and they're like, that's the guy, man. That is that is the running back that's going to be the future here. Uh, then he got hurt. You kind of you know went off the radar a little bit there after that whole thing. So why do you think, uh, first of all, was that a play where you think Rule could have kept him if he wanted to? Uh, and and if not, I mean, it seemed like there was a lot of talk about other guys here during the spring and not so much about him. How do you think that all came together? Yeah, I mean, this is the one that I'm the most disappointed in by far, and it's because I, I held A.J. Allen in high regard. I thought he was going to take Anthony Grant's job by the end of last year, you know, at the beginning of the season uh, prior to the injury. And then I thought he looked pretty good in the, the amount of time that we saw him. But, yeah, I, I think as I look back on this spring, it's not like there was ever a day where the coaches just came out and were raving about A.J. Allen. Uh, you know, it felt like Gabe Urban had kind of passed him in terms of their – the way they talked about him and the mindset. And nobody had a particularly great red-white game. I thought Ramir Johnson probably looked the best yeah. out of Nebraska's running backs. Uh, and it's a really crowded room. And Matt Rule has talked repeatedly about how he thinks it's the best running back room he's ever been around, which just is hard for me to understand because individually there's not a single piece in there outside of A.J. Allen where I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy could be an all-Big Ten type player. Um and now E.J. Allen's gone. So clearly my ability to evaluate should be called into question. But <laughs> I I really, you know, I thought he was the kind of guy that could be a multi-year uh, contributor, multi-year starter at Nebraska, someone that could just get the tough yards inside and grind it out. Maybe he wasn't the biggest home run hitter, but I, I just thought he was going to be a really solid running. Yeah, but you weren't alone. That, that I mean, that's why I asked the question. You definitely yeah. weren't alone in thinking that. And so, like, there was a part of me that thought, okay, when he stayed through the spring, uh, you know, Rule would maybe land on that same spot and prioritize and do everything he could to keep him there. I didn't feel like that was happening necessarily during the, no. the spring. And I don't have any inside info on it one way or the other, but it didn't. It, you know, it didn't feel like that was necessarily the case. Now, I will say, um, I don't know that Nebraska loved when everything went down with the video that went out of him going through that drill and it didn't go well. And then Nebraska fans, basically, you had people off to the races talking about how he wasn't putting in the effort, and yada, yada, yada. I mean, so I, I think there was a kind of a weird moment there, but I don't know that that was enough. I, I suspect that it's just a crowded room and, and maybe he just wants to try to go find an opportunity somewhere else. And here's the thing. I mean, everybody knows this. There's mass tampering going on. So there's some schools <laughs> in his ear basically saying, hey, you know, I don't know what it looks like for you in Nebraska, but we got a spot for you here at, you know, X. All you're hearing is that. And then if there's an NIL component to it, that gets added into it. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I was a little bit surprised by it last night. I wasn't shocked, I guess. At this point, it's hard yeah. to imagine being shocked by the transfer portal. Once once it started with Ernest Hasman, there was, was going to be a, a pretty high bar for me to be more surprised. That's than true. That day. So well, uh, A.J. Allen certainly didn't reach that. And that, and I guess that leads me to Stefan Wynn. That was the one who seemed to surprise most of the people who are closest to covering the team. What's your reaction to that one? Yeah, I don't think it was a planned thing for Nebraska, but I think at the same time it was an idea where they were honest with them, like, hey, these are – this is a role we envision for you. And I don't know that he was going to get a ton of, you know, maybe 15 snaps a game kind of thing. And so 
if if you're already at that point and he's looking for more playing time and he has one year left, then I guess he's going to go try to seek that out. And if you're Nebraska, you can't promise him the world because more than likely, just like we talked about with Jeff Sims and Casey Thompson, you're looking at Ruquan Buckley and you're looking at some of these guys and you don't want to take reps away from them because their development is where this program is going in the future. And Stefan Wynn is more of a, you know, a, a piece that you like to have because you want to have more depth, but it's not something that's going to make or break anything for you. And so I, I think you couldn't guarantee him that playing time. And it probably made a little bit more sense for, for him to, to try to go seek that elsewhere. But that's, that's kind of, you know, the fear that some people had that this is going to turn into mercenary football. And I really think once you transfer that first time, it sort of just makes it easier to do it again and again. The gateway transfer. You yeah. Know. The broken, the seal of transferring essentially. Yeah. 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 Hey, uh, should, should we have be, I, 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 when the volleyball thing came out that they were going to play at Memorial Stadium, I was like, uh, 40 or 50,000. It's going to be huge. It's going to be this huge. It's going to be great. They're still, they're going to get tens of thousands of people. I didn't think they would fill the thing up. I should have, I'm realizing now, I should have realized that when Nebraska fans have a chance to, you know, make history or you look better than someone else, they will go all in on that completely, and I don't know why I forgot that this time, Mike. I com- I just I don't know why I even questioned it, but but that number is still staggering, right? Like <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> I, uh, yes, I I was more in line with you, and I think part of it is I have a tough time with this, where I'm wondering what that view looks like. Yes, yes, for so many people, because yes. my skepticism of this event is. You know, it's not going to be like super spectator friendly. Like you're going to need to bring binoculars and you know, football is played in uh, such a way that, you know, you're not, you're not watching um, a line to see if a ball is in or out or, you know, it's just like a, yeah. it's such a different visual sport. The idea of putting it in a football stadium just endlessly fascinates me from like, how is this as a spectator event? But really it's just an event. It's an opportunity to be a part of something. I have to sort of, you know, really kind of ram that into my head and get over what it might look like. But it is very cool uh, for the state of Nebraska. And you got you to gotta appreciate to a degree that they're just trying to think outside the box when it comes to this stuff, that they're trying to, trying to do things. And there's probably going to be a fair amount of people who never get to go to a game at the Devaney Sports Center and we'll get to go to a game at Memorial Stadium. I mean, I, it's, I have to remind myself a lot in the way that I make fun of the spring game and some of the fervor over it. For some people, it's the opportunity to be in that state yeah. and to see that team. And it's going to be the same for that volleyball match where, you know, it, it's a more affordable ticket, I assume, and, and an easier it was. Uh, <laughs> way to get in. So, it was. Yeah, I, I have to say, if I have one thing that bothers me, it's that they didn't find a way to just eliminate the brokers. Like, this should just be sold yeah. only, only from uh, the university to actual people, and the brokers never should have gotten involved with it. It's crazy. I was I I went through the process uh, and and uh, bought bought tickets because uh, my daughter is a huge fan. She really wanted to go, and I wanted to go too. And um, so I went through and bought the tickets. And I got I couldn't get tickets in the East or West Stadium, so I got them in the North, about thirty rows up. And I was a little disappointed, even though it's to the side of the stadium. That was at a point where I didn't think anyone was going to be sitting really in the South Stadium. So it turns out I've got tickets that are going for like 
150 bucks on StubHub now. <laughs> and I was disappointed in paying, you know, 25 bucks for them or 5 bucks for them at the time. So that just that's how much my perspective changed in like 48 hours on this thing. So what does this mean for the musical act now? Uh that's the interesting thing is if Trav really wants to get crazy and sell and break some records here, you could really use that seating space where the stage is going to be, right? Like, if you want to knock out the Brandy Chastain Rose Bowl soccer game, you probably need that field seating. Um, And so I don't know. That's the thing is, in retrospect, they didn't need it. Right. And they maybe thought they did. But now, is it like, do they already have someone locked in, or are they still trying to find I've heard rumors, but I'm not going to say them, but I've heard rumors. Yes. Okay. Because then I wondered, like, okay, if you have this sort of response to it, and you already have this kind of gate, can you get a different act? That's you. You know this as well as anybody. You're a big music person. Certain people cannot play a stadium show. Like right. it has to. It has to have some level of cachet to it. First of all, to sell out a stadium. Second of all, the actual mechanics of playing a stadium show is so different than playing just a, any other venue. So, yeah. like you, you have to have someone who can fit that role too. Yep. I'm, I'm like find myself. You know how we used to joke about you and the Cornhusker State games and who was going to carry the torch? <laughs> yes. But yes. This, this might be the closest I get to having that level of interest in who the mystery performer is. You know, like that's where that's where I'm at with it. All right. I, I, if what I'm hearing is if what I'm hearing is right, it's slightly punch it even a little above what I thought they might on the thing. So we'll see. We will see. All right. Hey, great to talk to you, Mike. We'll be uh, following you for the Husker news going forward. We'll talk to you again next Monday. All right. All right, sounds good. Appreciate it, Jack. Mike Schaefer. Husker 24-7. All right, 8 5 take a break. Wrap up the show after this on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, tomorrow, the Election Day edition of LNK Today with Jack and Friends. We'll talk to Joe Jordan, John Baylor. But prior to that, don't forget, check out our new show this afternoon on KLIN, the Dan Parsons Show, making its radio debut this afternoon at 5 o'clock with a variety of guests, uh, including uh, Congressman Mike Flood. So we'll see you back here tonight at 5. Have a great day, everybody. 9 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln.